Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. So great seeing you all this morning. I hope you're ready for an encouraging word. Not just an encouraging word, but a challenging word. How many of you guys like to be challenged? Where are all my guys in here like, come on, challenge me, you know? Tell me how to do it. I'm not going to do that. The Word of God can do that. And, uh, but any of you need some encouraging words, I hope that there's a, I think there is a word in here today that we'll be diving into. And uh, we're going to be continuing on our Here For It series. And we're going to be staying in the book of Mark. Or if you're Australian, the book of Mark. Book of Mark. We're doing the book of Mark. Chapter 6. We're going to be continuing off of the feeding of the 5,000. Like, what happened next? And I think this is important because last week we kind of established the premises that God can do extraordinary things through available, ordinary people. And we said that, hey, this is the church that we're going to be. We're going to be a bunch of ordinary people who are available for God to do the extraordinary through. And I hope that you see that you have something to contribute. And if you believe and you already believe, well, I got so much to contribute, then do it and contribute. Uh, But I think even for every single person in this room, whether you're young or you're old, experienced or inexperienced, uh, God wants to use you. And he wants you to be available for him to use. And even as we had that little child, my little girl Eva came up and gave out the five loaves and two fish and just the amazing things that God could do through a little child that was available but also through the disciples that were available to feed the people because Jesus didn't feed the people, the disciples fed the people. And so we're gonna continue in that vein. So after they had eaten and they were satisfied, the night wasn't over. And so even for our lives that just being available for God isn't where it ends. It's actually where it begins in your life. Being available isn't just a word that you say, it's actually a a heart posture that you carry. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. So for that sake, let's jump into Mark chapter six. If you have your Bible, let me see it. Lift it up in the air. Come on. I love reading the Bible. Uh, Let me see the Bible. It'll change your life. Say, this is my Bible. Say, speak to me, Bible. And open up to Mark chapter six. I love the word of God. If you haven't been reading your Bible, or maybe if you never had a Bible before in your life and you need one, we have them out at the Connect Corner. We'd love to get one into your hand. But if you do have a Bible at home and, you know, open it up and read it. And you don't need to have a perfect life to read the Bible. None of us are perfect. Uh, If you need to take the beer can off of it and throw it away to be able to read the Bible, that's fine. You know, maybe there's something rolled up in the pages and that's fine too. Like, just get in the Word of God. Read the Word of God and watch how it transforms your life. And what I found is that we don't be transformed in order to read the Word of God. We are transformed because of the Word of God. So no matter where you're at in your journey, dive into the Bible. It'll it'll really change your life on a daily basis. I want to encourage you in that. Um, And because this is the bread of life, like this is the Word of God. So Mark chapter 6 verse 45. So this is actually, we're going to start in verse 44 because this is the verse that we ended with. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. That's what we ended with last week. Then the next verse says, 
Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him, the Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. That's where he went. That's what he went to to begin with. He left all the people to go pray, and then he encountered a bunch of people. So now he's getting to it. He's like, now, now I'm going to go pray. And later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves that their hearts were hardened. Today, I want to talk to you about this idea of I'm available. Now what? I'm available. Okay, so everyone, a majority, and I, I talked to some people after service last week. They're like, hey, the reason why we didn't stand is because you said if you're available for Omaha, would you stand to your feet? And uh, we don't live here. <laughs> you know. But a majority of people said, hey, I'm available. Now what? And that's what I want to be able to answer today. So let's go to God in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your word that is true. God, we pray that you would speak through your servant. Open our ears to hear you today. Open our eyes to see you, God. We want to, we, we want to know what you got for us today. God, and we're hungry for your word. We're hungry. Won't you feed us any heart that's malnourished today, any, any soul that's weary or tired? God, I thank you we can come to you and you will give us rest. God, I thank you that we can rest under your wings. God, I thank you that you are actively speaking. Help us to hear. And God, right now, I want you to, to, church, I want you to open up your hands and say these words after me. Say these words. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Hey, come on. Would you guys put your hands together for the word of God this morning? Come on. Come on. I am available now what? I'm available now what? It's a daily decision that we got to make. And that's what I need you guys to get. That's how we're going to start off today is that being available is not a one-time decision, but it is a daily decision. Daily means daily. <laughs> we continue to make that choice to be available for God. It has to be daily because how many of you know we are still human? And as much as I want to say that the moment that you decide to start following Jesus, that everything in your past is not going to keep chasing you down, I want to be able to say that, but I would be lying to you. We are still human. We are still in the flesh, which means that we have the desire to go back to our old sinful nature. But Paul says to lay down, to put to death that old self, and to take up your cross daily and follow him. And this is what we need to take is that whenever God says something to your life or in your life, or let's say maybe you make a commitment to God, can I tell you that word that God speaks over you or to you or that commitment that you make to God will always be tested. Say that word, say tested, tested. It will always be tested. See, when God speaks something over to you, he wants to know you the sincerity of your belief in that word. But he also wants to know the sincerity of your 
conviction or the sincerity of your commitment back towards him. So it's always going to be tested. We see this in the Garden of Eden. We see God, the devil, coming to Adam and Eve, and they say, did God really say? In your life, when God speaks something over you, can I tell you, the devil will always come with those words saying, did God really say? Did God really speak that over your life? Don't be surprised in your life when the word that God spoke over you is being tested. And we also see it in Jesus' life. The moment that he's, God, he gets baptized, the Holy Spirit, dove comes down, says, hey, this is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased. He goes into the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit, to be tempted for 40 days. And the devil comes into them and says, if you really are the son of God, if you really are who God says you are, if you really are available and God can really do something extraordinary through, if you really are just ordinary when the Holy Spirit falls upon you. If you are, then let me see how you can do this stuff. Let me see how you handle this. And it's important to be tested. It's important for your faith to be tested because faith is not something that is fickle. Faith is not something that changes. Your calling isn't something that is one day, it's one thing, and the next day, well, I guess that wasn't God, so now I'm going to do something. No, it's Usually just because you face resistance doesn't mean that you may have gotten the will of God wrong. It could very well mean that you're right smack dab in the middle of the will of God and God is actually cultivating that word. God is actually cultivating that commitment that you made. Write this down today that a faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. Because God's trying to build you. He's trying to build us into a certain type of people that he can establish his kingdom through. That's why it says the solid rock on which I stand. Because everything else, let's face it, has been sifted and shifted and now I've landed on the rock. It's a good place to be. Because if my faith is in anything else other than Jesus, God's going to push on that. God's going to press. If it's on your calling more than it is on Jesus, God's going to push on that. If it's on your marriage more than it is on Jesus, God's going to be like, hey, if you find your faith in your kids, God's going to push on that. And I'm not saying that bad things are happening because God's just shifting and testing your faith. I'm not saying that's the case. But I'm saying you got to be careful in who you put your faith and your trust in. Is your faith in the word that God spoke or is it in the one who spoke it over you? Hello. Sometimes when I don't trust and I don't know what God is doing, I trust the manufacturer. I know that he works all things. And so here we have, we have a bunch of disciples that are saying they're available for God. They're feeding, they fed thousands and thousands of people. And now we see Jesus immediately, what's he do? Let's pick up in verse 45. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him. Can I tell you, sometimes God is asking us to go ahead of him. Even in the city, he's saying, I want you to go ahead of me and prepare a place. Prepare the city for my arrival. Go ahead of me. Just because I'm not, I'm, you may not feel me with you doesn't mean I'm not coming. So I need you to keep sowing. I need you to keep tilling. I need you to keep going, keep going out into the harvest field because I'm coming. I'm coming. Go on ahead of me. And then he dismissed the crowd. He sent them in this boat right after eating. They've had a long day, people. Like, 
Last week we talked about, they just came to Jesus after Jesus sent out the 12 and they were all excited because all the miracles and everything. And Jesus was like, hey, let's go get some rest. Let's go over to get some rest. And, and on their way to go get some rest, they find all the people following them and they feed the 5,000. You would think now they're getting some rest. No, they didn't get any rest. They didn't find it. Immediately Jesus says, all right, we're not done yet. Oh, but Jesus. Jesus, I... I but I need this. And God's like, I know, I know, I got you fed, but we need some rest. Now I know why the disciples were tired all the time. <laughs> we always give them a bad rap. You know, they fell asleep while Jesus was praying. Well, if I was in the garden with Jesus, I wouldn't have fallen asleep. I don't know if we understand the, the work ethic that Jesus had. He's like, I got three years, guys. <laughs> we got to get to it. This is a busy day. This is a really busy day. I'm thinking if you're in the disciples' feet, you're probably thinking like, man, what the flip, Jesus? Like, can we get some sleep? Let's get a good night's sleep. Hey, rather than going after it right away, let's just get a good night's sleep, wake up, and then we can go after it. It made them a little bit uncomfortable. And can I ask you today that, are you available to be uncomfortable for Jesus? Are you available to be uncomfortable? I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about your job. I'm talking about being uncomfortable in your conversations. I'm talking about being a little uncomfortable at your work. For me, uncomfortable started in high school. When I was just a junior in high school and I felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, I want you to start bringing your Bible to school. I'm like, all right. And I tell you, some different stages, they're different to each and every single person. So that's why it's important that as believers, we're not judging certain people for, for either doing or not doing certain things like Holy Spirit spoke to me, bring my Bible to school. And it's good that I didn't go around to every believer. Why aren't any other Christians bringing their Bible to school? I think God works with people in stages. I think he develops them in stages and little pieces of obedience at a time. The important thing is, are you being obedient to what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do right now? Because there's different levels of uncomfortability for people. A person that is able to easily just go up to them and talk to them, someone about their faith, for one believer, that might just be really hard. And maybe it starts with just sharing your story a little bit. And what I'm asking this church is let's just be obedient to those little things. Let's be obedient to those little things that God's asking us to do. So it started in high school for me, bringing my Bible to school. And then the Holy Spirit, he was starting to build something in my life. He said, all right, now that you're bringing your Bible, I want you to show up early and pray in the parking lot. And I showed up early. I started praying in the parking lot. I had a friend, Zach Ford. Zach Ford, I was like, I went to him. I said, bro, I'm going to start praying early. He says, I'm going to start praying with you too. And so me and him were just praying in the parking lot for about two months. And then I said, hey, I feel like the Holy Spirit saying we need to go pray in the school. That was uncomfortable. That was uncomfortable. But it was building my faith. It was building my faith. I wasn't trusting in just doing what I wanted to do. I was uncomfortable for God. So he sends them into the boat right away. And you know what this says to me? It says to me that God is more interested in your daily availability over your daily agenda. He's more interested in your daily availability over your daily agenda. Can I ask you this question? Does God have permission to interrupt our plans for his purpose. 
I have an agenda. Well, God, I got to get this done today. I got to get that done today. I got to get that done today. I want you to go over there and talk to that person. But God, I got stuff I got to do. I had this one story. I went to Ben's Game Zone out in La Vista because I wanted to play, buy a game. I was like 19 years old called Splinter Cell. <laughs> got one fan in here. Yeah, that's right. Come on. And I didn't buy the game, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, you need to go to Walmart. Like, all right. What do I need to get at Walmart? I felt like God was like, what do you not need to get at Walmart? You need to get, no, that was the devil. Get behind me, Satan. I showed up to Walmart, and there was a divine appointment that was attached to that daily availability. Beyond my agenda, by me just walking into Walmart, my eyes were open to see how God wanted to use me in that moment. And I believe that I planted some seeds of righteousness in that lady through a conversation. God was just asking. She was having a tough time paying for her uh, groceries. And I was right behind her, coincidentally, because I went to Walmart and I didn't have anything to buy. I didn't have anything to get. So I just bought a candy bar. Talk about a divine appointment, right? Are you more concerned about your daily agenda than your daily availability? What does that look like to you? It's being available to talk to your friends at your school about your faith. It's being available to pray with and or for that coworker going through the cancer treatments. It's being available to come to church, to gather together, to get in a group. It's being available to give financially, to use your gifting for his kingdom not just for your own earthly gain. Some of you are brilliant business leaders in here, and we got a bunch of young entrepreneurs that need some help. Are you available to coach them? Some of us are some great hands working on their hands with people, and we use props <laughs> every once in a while. Are you available to help with that? We got a lot of people coming in here each and every Sunday, and we need some extroverts that have a smile on their face. Are you available for that, to show some love and to make a warm place for people to encounter God? See, our availability, though, is more than just daily. Because how many know that daily is not daily unless it's daily? Pastor Eli, that seems rather obvious. You said daily. All right. Daily is not daily without this one word, dedication. There's a persistence because they were sent by Jesus right away, but then they faced resistance. Let's pick up verse 48. Jesus was looking from afar, from the mountaintop. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. You know what I love about the disciples is Jesus saw them straining for some time and they didn't have any quit in them. Now, I think this boat, it had to be maybe a decent-sized boat, but I don't think all 12 of them could have rowed at the same time. I think maybe they took turns. Maybe at the max, four were rowing at the same time, and the other six or eight were resting. So I think that they knew how to take turns. Can I tell you, in your life, there will be some times where you have to sit down, and there will be some times where you got to row. And that's okay. Like, the disciples knew that they had to take turns, but they knew that there wasn't any quit in them. They were saying, no, come hell or high water, we're getting to the other side. Now, man, guys, I'm tired. That's all right. You get some rest. I'm going to start rowing. 
I'm going to keep rowing because we're just going to keep moving. We're going to keep straining. There wasn't any quit in them. They were resolute. They were dedicated. Because a single decision is easy, but dedication, that's something that God can work with. Now, I believe when you choose to follow Jesus, it starts with a decision. But then it's a daily decision. Some people say, I raised my hand, pastor, and nothing changed. It's because it's a daily decision. You are being saved. Sometimes God just changes people's lives like that. That happened in my life. And I, I pray, like, that's the easiest route, but it is easy to take it for granted then when it just changes like that. And it's day by day. Can I tell you that if sometimes your life feels day by day, that's okay. Because God's still working in you. And you're still choosing, hey, daily. I know sometimes I don't feel like praying, but today I'm going to choose and I'm going to stay dedicated to following Jesus daily. Daily. That's something that God can work with. Write this down that God is more interested in our dedication over our decisions. Because it's really easy to start something. Who started a diet last week? It's really easy to start something. It takes a whole other type of person to see a thing through, to finish it out. I've kind of changed my perspective. I used to get really pumped about people that stepped out into something new. Like, man, bro, you've gotten jacked. Look at that. I used to be all pumped like, Check out those muscles. They're massive. Good job. But now I've changed my perspective because it's one thing to get it. It's another thing to keep it. It's one thing to get married. It's another thing to stay married. It's one thing to start a business. It's another thing to actually develop a business model and keep working at that business three, four, five years down the road when it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to quite look like. It's dedication. Because anyone can make a choice. Anyone can decide once. But it's a dedication. They were straining. They were straining, but they, what, there wasn't no quit in them. It takes a different type of person to finish a thing. It takes a different type of person to change a thing. Well, I went to AA. Well, I tried to quit that. Well, you can try again. You can start again. Well, I tried that. We tried marriage counseling. Well, try it again. Like, keep going. Keep, well, I didn't see the result that I wanted. I put that seed in. I put the water in the next day. Nothing. So I'm just going to abandon it. No, I got to keep, I got to keep watering it. I got to keep taking care of it. I got to cover it sometimes because the frost is coming. Right? You got to take care of it. You got to be dedicated to it. And the difference, though, between seeing the result... And seeing the relapse in your life is this one word, dedication. Dedication. Stick to it. I, I think God is looking for some Christians with some grit. They know how to put their teeth together and say, no, I'm going to remain resolute. Well, I prayed one time, nothing happened. That's not what God's talking about. He's saying, you're going to keep praying? He said, oh, I tried that, Jesus. They were straining against the wind. Straining, still paddling. I'm not talking about straining for works. I'm not talking about straining to get closer to Jesus. I'm talking about not giving up on the word that he spoke over you. 
I'm talking about not giving up on the marriage that you committed to. I'm talking about not giving up on that child that's gone wayward. I'm talking about some grit, determination. I'm saying the wind's against you. Are you going to keep paddling? Well, I don't see those walls coming down. Are you going to keep walking? Well, I'm naming like in the book of Kings. I'm, I'm dipping in the, Jer- in the Jordan River five times, six times. Well, Elisha said seven times. Are you going to stop on that sixth time, Naaman? Don't throw in the towel. God's looking for some people that have some dedication over just a one-time decision. I think that's why Paul can say that I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. Because just because I'm facing against some kind of resistance doesn't mean that God's abandoned me. Doesn't mean that I'm not in the will of God. I'm still going towards the thing. He said, go to the other side. I said, yes, Lord. So I'm going to keep going to the other side. I'm going to be here for it, God. I'm not going to throw in that towel. I'm going to keep going to the other side. Why? Because you said it. Acts 2.42. The Bible says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching the breaking of bread, the fellowship, and to prayer. That word is so crucial. They devoted themselves. Can I tell you, in your life, you have to reach a point where you devote yourself. That's not just about what you want to do or how you feel like it. Because feelings change. Sometimes you need to make a decision. You need to stay dedicated. They devoted themselves It's important that it's around devotion, not necessarily entertainment. Because if this thing here, church, ever becomes about entertainment, it's only a matter of time before you get bored. It's not about the lights. It's not about the music, the song. It's like, no. Like, hey, we understand that we have all things in common as believers. We're coming together in one place to lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to gather together on a weekly basis. We are going to be devoted to that because we're in the world. And this is how I look at it, is we're coming together. Man, as believers, man, that world, man, we definitely need Jesus. Hey, you're not going to throw in the towel, are you? No, I'm going to keep following him. Yeah, me too. It's like we're coming, we're encouraging one another. Man, how was your week? Man, it was tough. How can I pray for you? Like we're in this together. Like we're in this together. Not that we're cursing the world, but we know that we need God, but we also need each other. So we're going to devote ourselves to each other. Devote ourselves because sometimes when you're down, hey, guess what? I got something to give. And sometimes when I'm down, guess what? You got something to give. Our marriage is a little imbalanced that way. I'm usually the one that's down here and Kelly's usually the one that's got something to give. She's such a blessing to me. But in your life, that's why it's so important that we devote ourselves. It's not off a just a one-time thing. Well, I tried that church, but... You know, I stopped going because no one said hi to me. Would you say hi to anyone? Well, no one reached out to me and and begged me to keep going. So that shows them I'm just not going to go. Is that devotion? I don't think that's devotion. I think devotion is irregardless of feelings. They devoted themselves. Can I tell you that the one person the devil can't beat is a person that just keeps on getting back up? Even when it's hard, even the wind is boisterous and it's, the waves are high and it's blowing and they're straining, 
but they ain't got no quit in them. That's the one person the devil can't beat. It's a person that doesn't quit. And in your life, in your walk with Jesus, there'll be times when you feel like quitting, but it's not about you being perfect. It's about you just never quitting. Get back up. Proverbs 24, 16, for a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. He rises again. He gets back up. At the beginning of this year, we, we shared the word for the year, and it was this word, stand. How many of y'all got the leather thing still on your, from Vision Builders on your keychain? It reminds you to stand. Hey, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to choose to stand. Because in this life, it's not about avoiding getting hit. I said those words. It was from the Rocky Balboa movie. How many of you guys remember? It's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep on fighting. That's what life is like. Keep getting back up. So you don't quit at the first sign of resistance. You don't quit when you don't see the walls moving. You don't quit when you're ducking your head in prayer and you don't see no cloud. You don't quit when you're dipping in the Jordan and nothing's happening. You don't quit. Because I know this. If you, Philippians 1.6 says that we are confident of this. That he who began a good work in us, in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. God doesn't start building a building and doesn't count the cost of what it will take to finish the project. He doesn't. He knows our tendencies. He knows our presuppositions. And he decided to die for us anyways. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. So now we see Jesus, they're straining on this boat in the water and we see Jesus walking towards them and they shout out, it's a ghost. Because how many know that when you feel like you're strained and you feel like you're alone, you start to make up things in your head. You start to see things through a different lens. You start to make up stories about yourself and about others. You start to see things differently, not through a lens of faith, but through a lens of despair. And so here they are, they're shouting out, it's a ghost, but it was Jesus who came to them walking on the water. And in your life, I don't care how far away that you think you are or how dark your season you think you're going through, Jesus is still right there by your side. And I don't know who this is for today, but I threw it in there last minute. Jesus gets into the boat and there's no mention of Peter walking on the water. Like, this is the same story that we read about in Matthew. Like, Marky, why'd you leave that out? Like, that's pretty cool. Do you think Mark forgot about it? How could you forget about that? How do you forget about someone walking on water? You remember Jesus walking on water, but don't you remember Marky that, like, I know Mark is probably, he wasn't there. John Mark wasn't there, but many scholars believe that this was the recollection of Peter. And Mark's the one that actually wrote it down. This is Peter's version of the gospel. And so like Peter, like, bro, you didn't feel like telling Mark? Like, oh yeah, and by the way, Jesus like said, hey, come out to me on the water. And I like, I walked out on the water. It was cool, man. Maybe it's because he sank. And he didn't want people to know about him sinking. Because how many of us are in that boat? Maybe not in that boat, but on the water sinking. <laughs> I don't want anyone to know where I failed. You know? 
I don't want anyone to know about that. I don't think that was the case. I really don't. I think it's something powerful that Peter, through Mark, was trying to get across to the people. That the importance wasn't the fact that Peter walked on water. But it was actually that in the storm, Jesus got in the boat. He wanted to draw attention away from that. He says, no, you need to understand that Jesus got in our boat when we thought we were going to die. And he was dwelling with us. It wasn't about us getting to the other side at that point. It was really just about him dwelling with us. And that's what God is more interested in, in our dwelling with him over our duty for him. Because if he said you're going to get into the, go to the other side, can I tell you, you will get to the other side. But there's no guarantee that the winds are going to be for you. But the thing that you can be rest assured in is that even when you feel like you're straining, he's right there alongside with you. And sometimes when you're in the middle of a storm, all it takes is to say, hey, Jesus, can you get in the boat? He's more interested in dwelling with you than in your duty for him. And that's what can become confusing is that we can be about what we're doing for Jesus rather than being with Jesus. And Jesus said to Mary and Martha, he said, Mary chose the greater thing. That doesn't mean that you negate your work. Like they're still going. He didn't say like, guys, why were you straining? No, no, no. He was trying to get something across to them. And we only see this in Mark's account. In Mark chapter six, verse 52, basically says, for this all happened because they did not understand about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. So can I tell you that God is developing them into a certain type of person? It's not just about what they can do for him. It's about what he can do through them. In order for him to do something through them, they got to be a type of person. They got to have a good revelation of who he is. So he was developing them. They thought it was about getting to the other side. He said, no, no, no. It was about the loaves. You guys didn't understand so we're going to have to revisit this. Because you didn't see me as your provider. You just saw it as food. So until you get that, we're going to have to keep repeating some of this stuff. Because I'm not about what you're doing for me. I want you to know who I am to you. Can I tell you in your life and being available isn't about what you're going to do for God. It's about what you're doing with him. Like you're partnering with him. This is my last point today, that God is more concerned. He, it's, it's your development over your destination. He says that this happened, they didn't understand what it meant about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. So guess what? That thing I want to work on that. But God, my purpose, I got to get to the other side. But, but this, if we get to the other side and we don't deal with this, that's a flaw, that's an issue. We got to really, so this is what we're going to do. Guys, got to let this storm come to bring it back up. Okay, but I'm here. I can see you. Like it's me. Don't be afraid. It is I. It's me in this storm. 
I'm not going to let you perish. I'm not going to let you die. It's me in this storm. See, I think that this happened because they saw Jesus as a means to an end and not the goal. So he sends them into the storm so that they can know him, not just as Savior, but as Lord. See, they're amazed. They're like, man, even the winds and the waves obey him. How incredible is this? And their eyes were opened. Like, who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? The dude just broke five loaves of two fish, and you weren't asking that question then. But now they had another revelation of who God was. They got the thing that God was trying to get across, that he was more than just someone who gave bread. He was one who gave us, and he is the bread of life. That he's more than just one who can give us peace. No, he is the Prince of Peace. He is more than just one who can heal the sick. No, his name is Healer. He is more than just a man who can help us make ends meet. He is our provider. That's who he is. And can I tell you that God is more interested in us knowing who he is over our knowing what he wants to do through us. Are you more interested in knowing God than doing something for God? This is how I look at, and it has to be in this order, that our availability starts with our pursuit of him and is completed by our obedience to him. So it starts in our pursuit of him, not in what we can do for him, because many will come to me and say, God, I did all these things. In your name, Jesus, we casted out demons. We fed the sick, fed the poor, healed the sick, all this stuff. We did all these things in your name. And he says, I never knew you. So Jesus was more interested in their development than he was in their destination. Would you stand to your feet as we close? And uh, I don't have this for the screen, but it's, it's something Paul was writing in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 10. And it kind of brings to completion this whole message and this whole sermon. That when we're saying, I'm available, now what? Can I tell you, availability starts with seeking Him and knowing Him. If you're going around saying, I'm available, but you're not in the Word, you're like a man who looks in the mirror and for, immediately forgets what he looks like. If you're saying, I'm available, but you don't make church a priority, you're not available. If you're saying, I'm available, God, but only certain parts of my life, you're not available. Availability starts with saying, God, I am going to pursue you. I'm going to seek you. I want to know you. So Philippians 3.10 says this, that I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. So now he's talking about, I want to know God. And then he adds on, and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. So that's that, it's, I'm going to pursue God and then be obedient to God. Pursue God to know God first, 
and then I'm going to be obedient to him. What good is it to get everything that we ever wanted and do everything that we felt like we were called to do, but we miss who we were called to be and who we were called to do it with in the process? What good is it? So I want this church to say, hey, from this point on, availability starts with knowing him. And as we start to seek him, as we start to say, hey, I'm available, God. I'm going to start seeking you. God starts to give you opportunities. He starts to test some things. He starts to grow some things. But even in my straining, even in the storm, I know that he's with me in the boat. Amen? Amen. How, how many of you appreciate this word this morning? Did it help you this morning? Come on. Come on. That wasn't for my affirmation. That was for you to say, God, thank you. Let me pray over you this morning. God, I thank you for the people of my city church. God, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would cover them. God, I pray that as they make themselves available to them, to you, that you would continue to reveal yourself to them, that they would know you, the one true God, and what it means to be worthy of the calling of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.